Welcome back to Kafaru Cast, everyone. It's a beautiful Thursday morning. I am solo again. Frank is still in Idaho, but uh, I have uh, a guy that I've gotten to know really well over the last couple years who designs a great product that I'm I'm using and geeked out over quite a bit. Uh, Brent Hahn with, and I'm going to pronounce it wrong because I always call it Valkyrie Archery, but uh, Brent, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks, Aaron. It's Valkyrie Archery. Valkyrie? Valkyrie Archery Systems. Valkyrie Archery Systems, and it's not Jaeger, it's Jagger. The Jagger Broadhead, yep. I'm probably going to keep calling it Jaeger because I want to, but I don't need anybody else to tell me I'm saying it wrong. I know it's wrong. Stop sending me messages that I'm saying it wrong. I know it's wrong. I just like it better. Well, that's where it came from. The name Jagger came from Jaeger. Yeah. So, gotcha. for a number of reasons, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what Brent, uh, what Brent offers for those who don't pay attention to, uh, well, his or my social media page is a complete system from um, arrows, uh, an arrow system all the way down to the parts, components, broadheads, and uh, I, I am geeked out. I don't actually use the same arrows that you um, are offering right now. I'm using a different arrow, but I'm using the. Uh, center pin system, which is a broadhead and field tip system as well as small game head. It's a field tip with a really long center pin and then a um, very, well, you patented it, so it's extremely unique, uh, kind of an outsert system uh, as well as a kind of a three-in-one, uh, one-inch wide, three times longer, three-blade broadhead a uh, couple different types, um, one with a center pin, one screw in. But yeah, uh, Brent is one of the more anal retentive people I know. Uh, the tolerances on these are extremely tight, and you can go crazy FOC with this system. So, Brent, why don't you, um, you, you know, I, I, I don't think we have enough time for you to give. Uh, by the way, Brent can talk peace into the Middle East, so we're trying to keep this under an hour. Sorry, Brent. Explain yeah, right. the um, <laughs> bonuses to your system. The whole thing started with uh, trying to make a better broadhead like tons of guys do. And um, once we designed it, I could go on that part, but uh, once we designed the precursor to the Jagger, we called it the Green Meaning because it had green Teflon on it. And um, we were trying to test it out on shooting steel plates and stuff like that. And the arrows weren't holding up. So we had to design some components some tougher component to uh, test it, but then anyway, we started noticing that the higher FOC we went, the more accurate we got. Then the Ashby stuff came out with a high FOC, or that's been out, and then we looked at that with a high FOC and the post-bone breaching penetration and decided we needed, the broadhead was awesome, but we needed to build a platform to deliver it the most effective way we could. And we were cobbling pieces together with stuff that was made in the industry, you know, brass inserts, screwing in weights, and doing all that kind of thing in the front and the back of the arrow at one time. <laughs> so we were really getting her done and, um, you know, destroying our FOC and everything with that, that kind of deal. But it seemed to work at the time, and we didn't know any better. And eventually we the micro diameters came out. Well, they were out, and then they came out again, and we decided to try those. And they gave us that stiffness-to-weight ratio where we could run more weight up front and still not be have our arrows be too heavy. 
So with the high grains per inch arrow, we end up, you can run high FOC with those, but your arrow ends up being too heavy. You're lobbing logs, and it's happening. It happens all the time. Guys get tired of that. Not fun to shoot slow. And misjudging yardage costs you a bunch and, and all that stuff. So, But the micro diameter shafting is where we knew that was the platform we needed to deliver our broadhead because the stiffest weight ratio and all the other characteristics, you know, blowing uh, less wind resistance, less shaft drag going through the air and through animals. We kept trying to figure out a way to screw on these old convertipoint heads <laughs> without, you know, gobbing on giant outserts and we did those guys doing now. We put their stuff in pins inside the shaft and then put an outsert over the top to try to toughen up the, the connection system up front. But everything we did, it just, just didn't didn't work right. I mean, it was like you're just trying to get once again. We're sitting there trying to cobble something together to get what we needed. And so eventually, it just struck me one day. I'm like, we need to figure out a different way to connect this head to this shaft. And so and that's how the center pin was born. I mean, we just built for modern arrows. We quit trying to screw in old school technology with modern shafting. I mean, that's pretty much, I was, I was like, why are we, why are we, you know, the converter point, Fred Baird uh, patented that, I don't know, hundred years ago. <laughs> and yeah, uh, Long time ago. Yeah. Long time ago. And that was for the shafting they had at the time. And now we have all this super skinny carbon and stuff that doesn't, that does not work well. And the shaft engagement's only about five eighths of an inch and the, your head's rattling loose all the time. And I mean, everybody out there is going, well, that's, yes, it's true. I've, that cost me a deer, um, just from the head rattling loose, chasing for eight hours in Nevada, missed him by three feet at, tw- at 30 yards. But, uh, anyway, so our heads don't rattle loose. And uh, the center pin engages with, works with the micro diameter carbon. The sleeve and the center pin heads all screwed. Everything works together to make a, a almost indestructible front end. And our goal was to have zero failure on impact with game animals. That was our goal with our broadhead. We wanted to deliver that broadhead the most efficient, effective, most accurate, and lethal way possible. And the high FOC, uh, 20% plus FOC does that. And with a moderate weight arrow, though, that was key. So I, I, I lobbed the logs for a couple of years and just got tired of it. I mean, didn't, it works. The heavy arrow works on breaking bones and heavy bone and all that stuff. But lobbing logs just isn't. Nobody will do it for a, any length of time that likes to shoot a lot. So we found a good balance with that, you know, of moderate weight, high FOC, and uh, super strong structural integrity with our system. It's kind of one of those things where when we came out that I couldn't believe no one was doing it. Same with the broadhead. I couldn't believe it wasn't on the market. Um, I had help designing it, but, I mean, when I saw it, it's an old-school design from years ago. And I was just scratching my head going, how is that broadhead not on the market? Because it does, it's got the best of all worlds pretty much with the, you know, the penetration of a three to one two blade, you know, real high mechanical advantage up front. And it's got the bone splitting ability with the back end with the wings that flare out that just shatter bone like crazy. Right. And for people that, that haven't seen this system, um, uh, without having to search through 
you know, whatever videos I've done on, on my Instagram or social media pages, um, you can just, you can get on, uh, ValkyrieArchery.com or what is it, Brent, before I screw it up again? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. ValkyrieArchery.com. And you may be so, initial. Uh, go ahead. Oh, no, it's, it's, well, I was going to say, I don't, we're going to have to get some more video up online because when we originally, um, built the website, we hadn't got the patent yet. So we are pretty careful with what we put on there. Gotcha. And uh, now that we got the patent and everything, we we're in the process of doing more video and showing people more. There's videos on Instagram on how it works, but it's super simple. Guys are trying to make it too complicated. We just have a sleeve that glues on the shaft, and all the heads slide into the sleeve down inside the shaft and screw on. Yeah, and that's it's just two pieces. I, what I really wanted to cover more than anything today was people are making this much more complex than it than it needs to be if you want to um yeah if you want to go with brent's entire system arrows and and everything that part that's easy because brent's going to get that dialed in for you and you know talk to you send it out if you're just trying to order the sleeve and the points it is literally as simple as brent said in in my case um i i'm shooting uh gold tip uh pierce tours i i got those um uh, arrows. I, I swapped out the knocks for, for G knocks, which you do the same thing. I think with the, what you offer is the same knock, um, cut yeah. the arrows down to what they tuned out at. And, uh, I was able to figure out what they to, I used hot melt initially for the first insert that I screwed on to get the length of my arrow, right? Um, once I got the length of my arrow, right? Um, I, I used, um, uh, AAE Max Bond, I guess uh, it's a it's kind of a I guess you could say a rubberized glue. Um, Max Impact. Max Impact. Thank you. And uh, yeah. it literally, the in my opinion, the your field point system is by far head and shoulders above anyone else. They're extremely durable. They're extremely accurate. And then the center pin going into that collar. Um, makes it to where I don't hardly ever break any arrows. I'm not saying they're unbreakable. I'm just saying it takes a lot because the components on this system are so durable, you don't get the standard issues of the banana, uh, you know, insert, outsert, collar system uh, where it's, you know, bending 30 degrees to the right because you hit a rock or whatever. You don't get that from the center pin system. And the one thing I wanted people to understand, and and people know, I test out everything. I don't have a dog in the fight. Like, I I, I use all of it. In fact, I think, Brent, you probably get pissed off at me because I use so much stuff. But I can tell you, without a doubt, this system is very, 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 uh, the tolerances are very, very tight, and it is very durable. And so, when you when you set this up, you need to think long term. The 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 collars aren't that expensive, you know. They're I don't what are they like twenty four bucks twenty nine. Yeah, it depends on what you get. They're twenty to twenty five bucks for six. For for six, and so um, you know, you get that system. You get the um the uh uh the the field point system, uh, and then the broadheads are ridiculously expensive. They're they're along the lines of like with the um I guess the iron wheels are about the same price. I think they're one oh nine for three. Is that right, Brent? For the regular ones, yeah. Then the titaniums, the new titanium series that's out there, they're one hundred twenty four ninety five. <laughs> I just hated to put them out, but that's what they cost. 
you know, <laughs> same with Iron Wills. I mean, they're expensive, and those guys will tell you the same thing. That's what they cost. I mean, the, the quality products cost money. I just had Brent with Iron Will on, and I want to get wanted to get you on here. And believe it or not, I got Ashby and Garrett from Grizzly Stick coming on the seventh, and get everyone's opinion because everybody makes really really good products. I think what. Um, mm-hmm. Where you know what I mean? Where you where you stand out? Uh, in my opinion, that center pin system is is pretty freaking difficult to beat. Um, and this yeah. is coming from a guy that's tested just about everything out. Um, and it it's simple, even though people make it very complex. It is literally the simplest system when you want to start to look at beefing up the front of your arrow and shoot higher FOC. Believe me, you, it's not going to get any simpler than this. Put the collar on, screw the point in. That's it. Yeah, well, there, and that was one of our, one of the tenants, if you will, uh, when we designed, when I started designing it, I wanted it as simple as possible. Because at one point, I had up to 12 pieces in my arrow with all the screw-in weights and the little pieces of all thread and inserts in the front and knock inserts in the back. And I was like, this is ridiculous. You know, it's just a recipe for failure. Whether you're hunting or, or whatever, if you shoot a lot, you need it needs to be simple and effective, and that's what the center pin was. I wanted as few parts as possible. We make what you need to set your your bow up. You know, you don't have to sit there and try to add things to it to make it better. I wanted to make the broadhead the weight we need, so you don't have to put idle weight inside your shaft to try to make up for. You know, I don't know whatever you're making up for <laughs> so yeah. we just i'm like let's make i just wanted to make what and i figured this is what i needed for me and i'm like there has to be other guys that want this stuff because i in fact when I, the first time i met Aaron, you were making pretty much the valkyrie system but you're cobbling it together with all that stuff you could find in the industry yeah what i was doing was gluing in long uh like on an easton injection for example or not injection an easton axis i would double up um inserts inside the the arrow which is a pain in the ass um i would double those up uh just one behind the other which which does make kind of a center pin and then um you know screwing in the uh the head after that um obviously there's you you have to foot it like so you'd have to go and cut an aluminum arrow down or or cobble um some kind of a footer to to go over the top of that arrow um to beef it up or you you'll get some side splitting if you're especially if you're shooting into rocks um so yeah i mean it it definitely offers everything and and it is expensive i mean if you do the total package i mean people say all the time it's expensive i I know it's expensive i had i bought the shit too i mean luckily brent he does hook me up with a discount now but i bought (laughs) it and it yeah i know it's expensive but you get what you pay for in anything. Um, well, but it is. It has value, though, Aaron. That's what I try to get through to guys. It has, I'm shooting in my quiver right now the same arrows and, well, the same broadheads. I broke a couple arrows from two years ago. Same ones. And I've got, you know, I've shot several animals. Same broadheads. Still in my quiver. They just they pass through. If you can find them, you pick them up, touch them up, put them back in your quiver. And so... Because I used to go through four to six packs of broadheads a year of just the standard, you know, the $40 three-pack or whatever. Yeah. So I'd spend a couple hundred dollars a year, about, about $200, $250 a year on broadheads. And so now I bought spent a couple hundred bucks on the Jaggers. Well, you don't lose them. 
um, built last year, you're actually going to be ahead of the game unless you're losing. I will say, um, I you know, and I'm trying again as as everybody knows, I'm using a ton of different stuff. Um, Randy Cooling was the one that's told me he was firing your broadheads into dirt and um, for practice heads. And I will say I have two that I just shoot right into the side of the dirt bank by my house. Um, yeah, I haven't hit any direct impact on rock, obviously, but um, I don't know. I come down, they spin through, I shoot them again. Um, not, not, I mean, I'm not telling everybody to go flinging arrows of dirt, right? I'm, don't shoot your broadheads into the dirt, but I have it's been. Hard and, to shoot a forty dollar broadhead in the dirt. Uh, it is, <laughs> but you were nice enough. You gave me two seconds that were dull, and that's what I'm. <laughs> that's what I'm using. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, and if you do hit rocks, usually they'll. You might the tip might bend a little bit. Um, but the, all you do is just grind it back, and you're good to go. The body should never bend. I one of the things that. Um, you know the the system. Here's where the 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 hiccup lies because we've we've got a lot of people talking about extreme FOC um, that that quite honestly I don't think understand it. Uh, you do, I know you do, and we get a lot of I get a lot of questions um, about it. I just did a podcast with Dudley about this. I am not in the same boat as as maybe you are and others with this extreme FOC thing. I'm sold on your system. I like your system. I don't know that I'm a what I would cons- what you would consider extreme FOC guy, but I do want to talk about that because I know everybody's got their valid points. One of my points on the compound is the happy medium of someone needs to have a base platform or idea of what they want, meaning I want to shoot between 265 and 280, 285 feet per second. Um, I want to yep. be able to shoot a five to 600 grain arrow and I, my draw length's 29 inches and I'm going to shoot 80 plus pounds. I've got a lot more wiggle room than everyone else because of poundage. But I think that anytime that you, um, someone gets into the extreme FOC game, they need to understand the pros and the cons um, of that. Now, I'm going to stop talking so you can take over. Why do you like and what do you think is good for a compound? What's good for a traditional bow? And, and why do you like that extreme FOC? And do you think the loss in speed is worth it for the increased FOC? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you. Here's the thing: what, what you your feet per second is key. And um, when you're running the high FOC, we're talking the high FOC gives you stability, gives you forgiveness, gives you better accuracy outdoors in windy conditions. Penetrates better if you happen to hit. Penetrates through bone better, not soft tissue. But uh, And if you happen to hit, like, little tiny branches you can't see or blades of grass, it's not going to blow up your whole program. You're still going to get a decent arrow in there. The advantages for hunting and shooting outdoors is fantastic. But one of the things that guys are doing, not quite sticking with the program, we were kind of, you know, a couple of years ago more we're learning. We're still learning. It's all new stuff. But um, that the speed you're talking about with the compounds right around our sweet spot with our system is like between 270 and 280. And so as long as you can keep your FOC, we build the system, keep your FOC somewhere around 20% with that speed, then you have the best of 
Well, prime example, I got a pretty popular guy down in Arizona. He doing the running the system with the center pin and everything. Um, not running our arrows. Using a little bit heavier grain French arrows, so he's overweighted his system a little bit, and he's down in the 250s. That and so he's shooting in crosswind, was getting about four inches of drift at 70 yards, and and I was like scratching my head, go wait, I don't, you shouldn't have hardly, you should not be. It was like only about 10 mile an hour crosswind. And I was like, that's not been our experience. And so, but then we, we checked the chrono, checked his speed, and he was at 255, not 270. So, which is kind of the sweet spot. So do you think that, again, I'm trying to stay out of this. I'm just trying to get all you guys on the podcast to, to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, do you think for the um for the average guy um and this is where people get super confused cuz you can't just take a 250 grain point pull your 100 off your 400 spine arrow and throw on the 250 in it to work it it does not work right. that way yep. you've got to change arrows right. do you think or what if a guy is shooting 68 pounds with a 28 and a half inch draw what is his system going yep. to look like in your opinion this 300 spine, 200 grain head, aluminum sleeve, done. How it's much? It's automatic. And out of a, and I mean, I already know the answers, obviously, because I know, I know you, and I'm having to tell people these things. Um, by the way, you should give me some kind of a tip for doing this. What speed is he going to get out of his bow? Out of a standard newer, you know, obviously, IBO of a 330 <laughs> bow. 28 and a half inch, 68 pounds with yeah. that 300 spine system, 200 grain up front. You're going to have an arrow about four in the upper 400s and you should be pushing right around 270. So that's kind of the, then you could drop it to a 175 grain head if you want to, you know, if your bow's a little bit slower mm-hmm. and, um, and keep your speed up and you'll still, your FOC will still be what we call, you know, the magic land. Now, where is his magic land? Where is he ending up with his arrow being 28 inches long, roughly, with your... Yeah, we like to cut him as short as possible, just because the shorter the arrow, the higher the FOC, with everything, all things being equal. And it allows you to get away with shooting that more weight up front. With the shorter arrow, the dynamic spine is stiffer. Well, anyway... You won't have to bump up to a heavier, stiffer arrow. If you use longer arrows, you may have to, which will add to your, you may have to go up to a stiffer arrow, which will increase your arrow weight, which destroys your FOC. Right. Now, what what's so, that guy's FOC going to be at, plus or minus a, you know, percent or two? Uh, 19, 20%. Okay. Now, that's our base stand-up, and that's why we started with the broadheads at 175. We're coming out with the titanium series with the 150 for non-believers <laughs> that want to just run the system and keep shooting their light fast stuff. But, um, and it's, a, you know, it's like, uh, it's a move ball to short, they're short jags. You kind of nip the nose off a little bit. Right. And, uh, so guys, cause it's, in fact, I was just talking with, uh, Nick over at AAE and he's like, well, if you would start making some compound broadheads, I'm like, they are compound broadheads. You're just used to looking at little guys and little short broadheads. And so we've got the shorter jags coming out. Those guys are a little more comfortable. Guys are used to seeing that that style of broadhead. I'm doing way off target, but uh, <laughs> you're doing good so far, though. You're not uh, you're not but, doing as bad as yeah. I thought you would. I'm proud of you. No, but the but the key for guys just getting into it, we have the test kits. Is that is the biggest 
cool, one of the coolest things we offer is the two arrow or three arrow test kit. And guys just enter their information on what kind of bow they have, what their draw length is, and their ball and their boo length, their back and outfit length. Um, and it describes how to get that in there. It's just because we're trying to make, when we custom cut each arrow in the test kit for your bow. So all you do with the test kit, we're going to give you a range of arrows, of two arrows and a range of weights that you can mix and match to find out, you know, your perfect combo, what you're looking for. So you can go on the lighter end, but, but all the combos will be, you know, about from about 18, 19 to, and higher on FOC percent. Gotcha. So basically what you're saying is if I walked into your shop and you know I'm a shooter, you are saying without a doubt if I'm walking in with my own personal setup at 13% FOC, I will see a difference at 80 yards at 19 or 20. Your grips will shrink immediately. It's not, even, it's not every, every single time. So that's what I, like, as long as you, we have the proper arrow in your tune, it happens in the book. I, I keep wanting to get pictures of guys' faces because it's always the same, especially when they go from like their 100 grain head to a 200 grain head. It only drops a couple of inches at 40. And they're like, what? It's just was not another reason we do the test kits to get, to let guys try, just try it out. You know, you can, for 50 bucks, you don't have to go spend $500 to check it out you can just spend 50 bucks and shoot a 200 grain head or 225 grain head with your bow and see that it's not the drop is not what those people think it's going to be no not at 40 it won't be it'll be significant at 80 it won't be bad at 40 uh i agree with you there 80 is pretty bad yeah well it depends if you're running like super light but as long as you keep the system in that 270 to 280 range feet per second it's not, I mean, that's manageable is what, you know, it's not that bad. Most guys could get a hundred yards on their site going with those speeds. And it's a complete system too. We even reduce the fletching so that we're not throwing the brakes on downrange as much as some of the standard fletching out there. Gotcha. Now that here's, here's where the big debate is, which you and my buddy, um, Brian from Alabama, Brian, he is a, um, a an advocate of an evenly weighted arrow going down range that's heavy. You are an advocate of a lighter arrow, heavier point weight, smaller veins in the back end. The argument yeah. uh, is yours will in in wind, um, you know, look like a tomahawk. They'll porpoise a bit, but the the point is guiding that to the target where the yeah. heavier arrow won't porpoise as much but won't track as well because it's lacking point weight i think i explained that half-ass okay so that's yeah they stay straighter in the wind because they weigh so much well actually they just blow off course more (laughs) so but it's and then when they hit there's a whole host of issues why our weight forward is better than a heavy arrow light head setup in my opinion Oh, it's so, awesome listening to you guys you go hitting. back and forth. I love it. Well, but yeah, but there's no, in my mind, but he, he's, those guys can be pretty hard headed too, but, um, <laughs> it's great for me. It's like grumpy pulling, old men. <laughs> oh yeah. No, but when your head is pulling the arrow, all kinds of good stuff starts happening. When your arrow is pushing your head, which is the case when you're running heavy arrows and light heads, when your FOC is down there at whatever most guys shoot, 
you run into a whole host of issues, especially when you start encountering like heavy bone and oblique angles, which means glancing blows. You get that big heavy air on the back, pile driving your components while they're being, you know, they're being glanced off course. You hit rib or piece of a shoulder, that head gets knocked over, even though you have good steel and everything, you have a giant ramrod behind there, just crushing your components, which, which is going to lead to component failure, bending or breaking or whatever, which will destroy your penetration. When you run the high FOC, this is just one example of one area where high FOC wins. When you have all your weight up front and then you go in there and you hit the knuckle bone or something, you're glancing off of that. There's nothing behind it. That head is pulling the shaft. So when you glance off, that head, its momentum is still going forward. It'll glance, get knocked over to the side, but it'll still keep pulling forward and keep and maintain its direction through the animal. And your components, there's nothing back behind it trying to, you know, bend your inserts and outserts and stuff and, you know, shatter your ferrule. It's all built into the front strength and everything so you get it maintains its course and direction then the same thing happens through brush if you accidentally shoot through brush um that, that you don't see or in my um, case purposefully shoot through brush well there's people that do that <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know when the head's pulling the arrow that's what that's the simplest way i can describe it in fact matt davis said something about like throwing a baseball with a string on it it's going to keep going where it's going and the string in the back is just going to follow it. And that's what happens. Even when you hit an animal, if you run the full Valkyrie system with a, with a broad head like ours, even if it's blowing in the wind, and it's, oh, it's rare. I mean, if you, but if you're shooting in a crosswind, and I, I have guys that do it, goat hunting and stuff, even if your tail, and your tail, even on a thermal, the back end of your arrow will be pushed over to the side on thermals just because our back end is so light, but it'll still track true because the head's pulling where it's going to go. And so when you hit an animal, even if your arrow is slightly blown off to the side, when you hit an animal, that head with our broadhead is going to, that's why our hide breach, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but our point is key. No, we, we're going <laughs> to have to cover that here in a minute because it's important because yeah. the way your broadhead is designed for hide breach and tracking is, is important for people to understand. Yeah. So, but the, even if that arrow is the back end is blowing a little bit, the head and momentum is is still traveling through the animal or through your target. So it's gonna it might hit off a little bit, but as soon as it hits, it'll straighten out, and that head will just pull that arrow right through the animal. I've seen it a bunch of times, and I've had guys shoot in crosswinds, uh, super strong crosswinds for goat. Um, but even with trad gear, and I told him, I said, don't aim off. And uh, one of my buddies shot a goat in Colorado, 35 yards, like about a 30-mile-an-hour crosswind, aimed right on him, hit right where he's looking. Arrow was blowing in the wind like a <laughs> thing, and it blew right through him. Right, and the argument against that, um, when I say against that, meaning uh, my other buddy Brian Broderick, um, he he states that obviously the penetration will go to hell in a handbasket because the arrow flight is yep. not clean with a evenly weighted arrow, the flight is cleaner, but it drifts more. Um, now, in yeah, my case, yeah. you know, people ask, I shoot three five-inch feathers 
on the back of my arrow, which screws up the FOC uh, system a bit because that really makes my arrow porpoise. It corkscrews because I'm shooting since my heavy, I've got just under 300 grains up front on mine and I don't need all that feather. Uh, although it makes me feel warm and fuzzy and I like it. I don't need it because it's really just steering the arrow. I don't need much back there because the, but the point weight is pulling the arrow. I just need a little rudder back there. Now, because mm-hmm. of shooting with, with Tom Clum and but him. You, but it makes your point on at 40 or that you like, and that's, that's also a pretty sweet point on yeah, I mean, I do it for multiple reasons, but I will tell you my arrow flight sucks in the wind because I got a big kite in the back of my arrow, um, and, and it yeah. would be less crappy uh, with smaller my smaller veins. The the argument, and, and you know, I'm, I'm wanting to get everybody to where they hear this, they understand it, they understand the concepts of all the broadheads, um, the arrow flight, the characteristics, and everything. Um, when you... Um, if you have bad arrow flight going through an animal, the general rule of thumb or what people think is the arrow is not going to go through. What you're basically saying is even with bad arrow flight because of wind, the um, dynamics or the way that your broad head is built and because it's a three to one or really long head, that will help track through the animal, breach through the hide uh, and keep on going. Did I explain that very well? Yeah, yeah, and the shape of the blades. I mean, it's, the the blade shape too. It's unique in that if, if the point gets in there, and it doesn't, it won't glance off. Like you see a lot of guys. I mean, a lot of guys, but a lot of the heads guys have them glance off animals and stuff. Or and it was funny because I noticed it uh, year, well several years ago with, when we had the prototypes. A friend of mine's dad was shooting a block target in our backyard. It was kind of sitting on a hill. It was one of the ones with the layers with the uh, pieces of plywood on both sides. It's all strapped together. And it was slightly pointing down. So the, the plywood on top was angling down towards us a little bit. He hit the plywood with one of our green meanies, which was the Jagger. And uh, hit, we were like 20 yards. He was just checking out my bow, one of my long bows. And I was like, we were laughing. I'm like, geez, dude, that's pretty rough. He missed by like a foot. And he almost missed the whole target. But the broadhead stuck and i'm talking it was angled towards us from not level but like at a 10 degree it stuck into the plywood where every single other broadhead i've ever shot and i didn't even realize it at the time he'd left and then uh, i was doing something and all of a sudden i realized i'm like holy cow that broadhead stuck in that plywood at about a 10 degree angle there's no other broadhead that can do that and so i was pretty i mean that was another one of those things where and that's what i'm talking about where it maintains it's vector or whatever. It's direction of travel through an animal. Um, and guys, it, you can try it with the broadhead. It wasn't even sharp, and it stuck right in that plywood. No, that's a pretty severe angle. Oh yeah, and I I think to to put things into perspective for people, if you're shooting mechanical broadhead, some types way worse than others at an extreme quartering animal or an animal that starts to quarter as as the arrow is on the way or as it hits. I've seen mechanical broadheads bounce off because the blade opens, one of the blades, especially on the jackhammer style opening blades, as that blade opens, the broadhead rolls kind of away and out because it's using that one blade to pivot. So the, the, the actual blade hits, not the point, so the point isn't tracking into the animal. That's a bad 
this year, the mule deer I shot out east with the big ginger, I shot a mechanical um, out of my compound. When I hit it, um, it basically skinned completely down the side and peeled all the hide off, literally, from about the back rib up until where the, uh, the magical triangle V is. It was naked, literally, hide hanging off, no penetration until it hit that bump in the shoulder and then just barely penetrated and an arrow fell out. With that longer head, what Brent is saying is... Well, and, and the short, steep-angled fixed blade can do the same thing. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but the, the idea being is once it hits, no matter what happens, especially with that, that longer head, it is, it is one, penetrating because of the blade design, but two, tracking into the animal, there's no deflection. Where with mechanical... the tip starts going in, and then the blades flow out of the back. So if anything, it'll turn into the animal on a, like a quartering away shot. Right. It won't turn, but I mean, it, it's there are forces that are trying to push that out away from the animal. But when it hits that with, especially with the light back end, this is where FOC starts coming into play again, high FOC, because if you have a big heavy arrow back there, when those blades are even uh, with our standard, uh, the blood Eagle broadhead, Mm-hmm. When that head, the tip of that broadhead is sticking in the, it's starting to go in, it's leading the path, and then you encounter a bone or something and it hits the flared out part of the blade, that's going to kick the back end around and point the head more into the animal, especially with a light arrow back there. If you have a heavy arrow back there, it's not going to do that because it can't flip that back end around. It's just like when a thermal, just a a thermal can, well, you, you see it all the time. Well, you might see it all at your, what you're doing at your place. When the, if you're shooting down and the thermals are coming down the mountain, you're shooting across the hill, your back end is going to slightly push over an inch or two while you're shooting. Your arrow flight will be perfect. You just, your back end will be over. You'll, and you won't even, you might not even notice, but I notice it all the time at my house. It it was, it was like, whoa, look at that. When I shot at that mountain goat, we had uh, the one I missed when I shot, when I shot high. Um, this has nothing to do with broadheads cause I just completely missed, but the, uh, would have, w- w- with that, I had high winds and thermals pushing upwards. Um, that is a very, very horrible scenario because it was a far shot. I probably shouldn't have taken and it had all that force when you're looking at a thermal. And especially if you watch slow motion video and, and I agree with what Brent's saying on the, the, the thermals making a difference, you're going to see that on the way down when you watch your arrow, there may be, especially shooting in timber, um, uh, you'll see this or, or different areas. It may not be the wind. You'll see some deflection at 40 yards if you're shooting 60 or 80 or 30 yards. You'll see your arrow whip over. Well, your arrow didn't all of a sudden just come out and have shitty arrow flight. It's got wind or a thermal. And what a lot of people don't realize, it's a thermal that's doing that. It hits a thermal pocket and that will tip your arrow left or right uh, or up or down, whatever, on the way down to the target. Yeah, and that's another reason why you want high FOC. <laughs> so the head keeps pulling it in the direction it's going. But it's just, it's just countless. I mean, it's just almost every category. The only category that it doesn't win in is in a crosswind It doesn't stay as straight. It right. has a heavy arrow, low, low head weight thing. Right. So... But well, the head's pulling it to where it's supposed to go. Yeah, and 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 again, this is like the new. I say, I would say it's not a new craze. Heavy FOC's been out for a while, but a lot of people are starting to understand the concept of a heavier point weight 
is better. And I agree with that. Extreme is where I'm kind of, <laughs> and you know, maybe I'll fall into that category one day. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite there on the extreme FOC, yeah. um, uh, especially 30%. Well, you can't really do it with compound bow. I mean, that's just, we don't have the, we don't have the shafting to do it at this time. So no, but you, it, you but, can um, get on a, on a, I, in my opinion, you can get a pretty freaking fast arrow with a pretty heavy point weight up front with the technology we have right now. Um, there's going to be a point that you're going to give up some um, uh, durability in your arrow because you're going with such a uh, a lightweight arrow for grains per inch because they're all going to be a little less durable. But, I mean, man, even if you're pushing well, we past... we about those ones. The, uh, I don't know if they still make them. The, you did the same thing. The um, aerodynamics. The light ones, the... No, the Victory had them. Spartans. HVs. Oh yeah, the yeah. No, the. Yep, I know. Velocity HV. Yep. Those things, I was ramming those into steel plates. They were just bouncing off time after time. I was so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, because they were super light grain per inch. Um, frontals. It, I was like, we found it. This is the mother load. We've got it. Because until I turned the plate a little bit sideways. They snap right in half. I think they blew up before they hit it. I think they saw that steel plate coming at an angle and just blew themselves up. Well, there's <laughs> both ends were blowing up on those babies. There, there's but, always so, uh, it, give and takes. Yeah, but they were. But you could run the high FOC with, with with those, but they weren't. They didn't have the durability for hunting. You know. Right. I. I just. I think it's important for people to understand, even though. Um, you know, I may not be right along the lines with what Brent's saying. Is a higher FOC is better. Where you, whether or not you go full on uh, Tropic Thunder on it and go way high, or you just bump it up where you were shooting eight, nine before, and you're bumping it up to 15, 16, 17. Higher is better. I don't really ever check my FOC. I just build my arrow and shoot it. I, I don't think I've actually checked it in over 10 years. I don't really care what my FOC is personally. I just know I like a lot of weight up front, and I and I told you that when we first talked. Like, yeah, and you can get the feel. I mean, you can feel it. Both the trad boats, it's more of a feel with the compounds. You can definitely. I mean, the group size. It just it's the every it shrinks. And once you get it up in the you know the upper close to that twenty percent area, and but also but you don't want to slow it down too much. You know that's what I was gonna. We started to talk about it earlier. When you start going, you, I mean, it works. The heavy arrow works for animal penetration and all that stuff and heavy bone breach and all that. But then what, if you start getting below that 270, that arrow's taking longer to get out of your bow, that's when you're, <laughs> if you don't have good form, that's going to cause you all kinds of problems. So, I mean, you got to keep it together a lot longer with a slow arrow because it takes forever to get out of your bow. Right, right. That's just something that that I don't think a lot of guys think about, especially in the wind. No, so. no, they, they don't. And I mean, the system that you sell, obviously you've got, I mean, you're catering both to compounds and traditional shooters. Um, you yeah, know what I mean? About with, 80% with, of our stuff is compound. Right, right. But I, what I, I guess what I'm saying is don't anybody blanket it to one or the other. You can do either. I mean, I know, there's just more compound shooters than traditional shooters, but you can do feathers or veins. Um, the, I'm shooting an aluminum collar uh, with a center pin system, and I haven't had any issues in durability. And I think, Brent, you've probably learned 
Um, I probably shoot more than any human that I know, and I shoot at everything. Because when I was first ordering your stuff, I don't even think you believed me that I was actually using it all. And, and Brian Call may have told you, I mean, we shoot every day for a long period of time, and I shoot farther away than I probably should. That system's durable, even with the aluminum collar. It is extremely well, that's, that's durable. That's one of the things I want to tell guys. Yeah, because guys are like, well, I, don't want, I want the stainless because it's stronger. It's really, we only need the stainless for weight, for different weights, so you can hit a different weight number up front. I'm vouching for uh, that 100%. <laughs> yeah, the way the center pin works together, and we've talked about it a little bit earlier, but with the pin inside the carbon tubing, the shaft, then you have the carbon tubing, and then it's all encased in the sleeve. It's like a triple layer up front, and everything's working together to keep it from bending or breaking. It's just... It's a really good system. The, the aluminum is grabbing what other micro diameter setup can you run a 20 grain ouster on or 22 grains? It's pretty neat. Yeah, and I mean, the thing that I am not a fan of the any Audi, the, the I call them half certs, where half of the insert, or how, you know, you've got an insert going inside the shaft and then it goes and there's no collar over it. It is inherently weak. I don't care what you make it out of. It can be out of the unobtainium shit that Captain America made a shield out of. It's going to bend or break. It's just how it is. That's a weak point. You got to have that collar. Yeah, and I'll, I spent a lot of money on those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's one of the reasons why we had to do something because, I mean, those going through those babies like water. Right. No, so, no, for sure. Um, well, well, um, Brent, we're hitting 50 minutes. You've done an amazing job because um, we've covered everything I wanted to. Is there anything else you want to cover um, well, hitting the bullet points? Well, a couple things. One is the glue. So when you're running an outsert system or a sleeve system, everything riding on your glue, especially when you're shooting targets and dense targets, um, one of the issues we had, we, well, we had in the beginning was the proper glue. Max impact, fresh max impact is super important. And this is something you, but I wanted to pass along to guys is that fresh glue is important. Even the max impact, like a rubberized super glue, it has like a one year shelf life. You're supposed to store it in the fridge and just get a new tube every year. And if it's not like water consistency, if it starts getting thicker, throw it away is not worth losing heads in your targets. And, I, I followed you know, what you said to do, and everywhere. I only had one come out, and that was probably my fault, so I was pretty impressed. And you gave me the older models without the little ridges inside, and they still held on. I just followed what you did, what you told me. So the the glue does help, and following the instructions, <laughs> clean them. Yeah, and the glue, but, the, but the glue is important. Uh, fresh glue is important, as with anything. Clean the uh, shaft, people. Clean the shaft. You got to clean them. Clean your parts. And we got videos on YouTube on how to install them. And you got to leave room for the glue. If your sleeves are too tight, you're going to squeegee all the glue out and install them with the point. And that's what's nice about our center pin system is when you glue on the sleeves. And we do this here too, but um, we just roll them, spin them on the spinner before they're set. And you can rotate them around if they're off a little bit. Usually they're straight, but if they're not, you can usually rotate them and get them perfectly true. I did seven dozen arrows. I only had two that I had to spin. That's pretty freaking good. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but you got those fancy shafts. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, no, it's pretty. It's a, it's a good setup. And like I say, 
you know, the only thing you can, if you lose them, that's going to cost you. But, you know, we build, I build, I wanted arrows to last a long time. The components are going to last you through many arrows, through many shafts. So, and the broadheads will last, well, you don't lose them, the broadheads will last you for years and years. Especially with the sharpening system and all that stuff. I mean, you just resharpen them and go. Yeah, I'm using the WorkSharp sharpener. Have they got a hold of you yet? No, no, we got to talk to those guys because that's a neat little setup, especially if you get them super dull. Then you can, uh, I t- I, our, our sharpening wheel is for keeping the edge. Yeah, I timed it last night. Um, five minutes is what it took me. And I'm talking dull, dull, won't cut through butter dull. Uh, with that work sharp system, I got it razor sharp and, and I timed it in five minutes. That's including changing belts and everything else. So it's pretty, I mean, five minutes is five minutes, but, um, if I did it by hand, it'd be about five hours. So that thing's pretty damn slick. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely got to look at that, but, um, no, that's what, you know, with, with the value we build into those heads. I mean, they're, yeah, and that's one of the reasons why they come a little bit heavier when they're new. That's one of the things I want to, oh, we got to mention that too, because usually the broadheads, when you get them, they're going to be three to five grains heavier than the field tips. No one can shoot that consistent anyway, so it doesn't matter. I've well, had people ask me that. probably saying, your broadheads are hitting low. <laughs> I'm like, they're five grains heavier. Yeah, you know, 60, they're an inch or two low. That so, is not the way to um, the broadhead, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> a shooting machine know, will prove anyway. that. I, no, it, it, it's not an arguable yeah. point. A shooting machine will prove three to five grains difference at 60 yards will not have any difference uh, in point of impact. Even at 100, you're really, that's picking fly shit out of chili. I don't think you'd notice it. No one, I mean, no one that I know can shoot that good at 60 yards to begin with. Even a machine is, I mean, maybe you think there is, it will hit different. It will not. I don't think, Aaron, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't personally, I don't. If it doesn't, no, I can't shoot that difference. I can tell you, I can shoot really well, and at 80, I've had arrows weigh 15 grains off, and I shoot into a paper plate at 80, they're hitting in the paper plate. I wouldn't know the difference anyway. So now I will say you will notice shitty spined arrows when they're not consistently spined. You're going to notice that. Um, You're going to notice crooked arrows, bad components. You'll notice that, but you're not going to notice three to five grains. You've had people tell you that? There you go. Oh yeah, that happened. Um, that's one of the. I get that a few. I get a few of those broadheads are hitting low. So, um, but, and they might be, but most of them the broadheads uh, should hit with the target tips if you're tuned. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say I wouldn't be. That doesn't surprise me if they're hitting low. I mean, you can tune that out. It's just not the way to the, you know, the head. I mean, you know, you might need to, to well, I say, you know, need to tune your bow. You need to tune your arrow to your bow, but it's certainly not the way to the, the head. But anyway, well, you got anything else you want to hit? What, well, what are the, what's the biggest question you're getting right now about the weight forward stuff or the center pin system? Nothing with the center pin other than what to order. You know, the same thing you get, aluminum or stainless steel, and what am I shooting and, and everything, how much point weight. And my, my the one thing people need to understand is you need, to, when you go into heavy FOC, whatever system you use, right? I mean, Brent just made it simple for you. I mean, you it, it's dick simple. Um, you need to understand, you need to take your base platform of what you're comfortable with, meaning if you are a guy that wants to be above 270 feet per second, okay, you need to keep that in mind. You need to keep in mind how many pounds you're shooting 
And the fact that the arrows you're currently shooting, more than most likely, almost definitely, are not going to work. You can't grab a 200 grain point or 250 and screw it on your current arrow system if you're shooting 100 grains now. It will not work. Without a doubt, won't work. And so what the misconception is, is it's a cure-all, right? Oh, I'm going to just throw on a bunch of point weight and it's going to fix everything. It doesn't fix everything that way. You have got to change arrow systems. You've got to change the spine of your arrow because when you put that much point weight up front, it weakens the crap out of the spine of your arrow. It makes it flex more. And so you're going to have to change arrows to do this. And then when you change arrows, you need to keep in mind If you have a base speed platform you want to hit, you need to do some math, talk to Brent, um, you know, email whoever thinks they actually know what they're doing um, and find out exactly how many grains per inch your arrow needs to be uh, to and and the spine of that arrow and how much point weight you can put on the front of it um, to get to. So you're still in the same wheelhouse you were in before. And that is the biggest thing I don't think people are grasping the concept of. Yeah, that's one of the things that, you know, guys are grinding on. There's a lot of programs online that guys are pushing no in all the numbers. For and this. All their, <laughs> no, and that's what, that's one of the things I've tried to get through to guys. Look, you know, they're spend hours punching in different setups to try to get, you know, they want to get their 270 feet a second out of their bow. And that's where our test kit, well, I got to come back to the test kit because our test kits are designed for that. It's like when you talk about the guy with a 28-inch draw and a 70-pound modern compound bow. Yeah. It's the 300 spine with a 200-grain head. That'll get you 270, 20% FOC, and, um, you know, your arrow's going to be, depending on your actual draw length, about 470 to 480 overall, 20% FOC, and it's just, it's almost like the perfect setup for the majority of guys. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's the thing I just want to make sure your people understand because it's actually starting to irritate me because you get guys talking about heavy FOC that are pretty much repeating what you're saying, but then don't know how to follow it up with answering the questions. You know, make sure when you're taking advice on this, that somebody that understands how to tune uh, a heavy front weight arrow, you know, that, that understands what you add to the back you know, uh, also will increase the spine, but let's say of the arrow, meaning a wrap or something like that. Um, all of those things change. That destroys and, your FOC. <laughs> well, adding weight to the back is a crippler on that. How much does it, how much so, does a 12 grain wrap change your FOC? Oh, I don't even know, but that's, I do to make up for it. You probably have to add about 50 grains up front. No, Depending no. Depending on your FOC though, if you have a high FOC arrow, yeah, that, it, it would take a lot more. Um, I was going to, if you if you add a twelve grain wrap to the back uh, on my arrow, it changed at one percent. One percent is huge. Well, it's for huge, FOC. huge that's for a, huge that's for like you. Ten percent. <laughs> this yeah. is what for right. me. Oh no, but I mean that that's a, it's hard to get one percent increase in FOC. Well, and I think this it is where a lot of people where maybe and I'm the wrong guy if you're wanting to shoot extreme FOC. I don't really care too much if I drop 1% front of center. And obviously you do, and there's a lot of people that do. But for me, you know, I, I worry more about, you know, arrow flight, consistent or a, a correct spine. And if I need to bump up my, my uh, uh, you know, my, my, my spine of my arrow a bit, 
I don't mind losing a percent if it, if it increases my my happy flight. And and again, this is why I'm getting everyone on here talking about this is that's a good example right there. Like one percent to you seems to be a pretty pretty big deal. Well, one percent on the basins off of well because <clears throat> I just know what it takes to get one percent off of an arrow. I mean, you have to add, it's way more, it's really, once you get into the upper, up over 20% FOC, it takes a lot of weight. If you add a little bit to the back, it takes like double or triple to the front just to maintain it. It, it seemed pretty close to triple, yeah, is what, I mean, when you said 50, that was a little high, but screwing around with this as people are asking questions, it seemed like I had to add about 30 up front when I put 12 on the back to, to get that back, to get that percentage back. Yeah, then you end up, but what we try to do is keep the arrow weight moderate to keep your speed, you know, manageable. And then, um, and plus, you know, as far as that 1%, I mean, I'm going to go back to the Ashby studies. We're probably going to get some grief for that. But when he was doing the weight forward stuff, the 1% in weight forward, uh, 1% in uh, FOC increase, it amounted to about a 10% increase in post-bone breaching penetration. I mean, that could be the difference in a single lung or double lung or something like that. So we try to maximize it without... That's why we maximize the FOC that we can and still keep the arrow weights manageable. Gotcha. So, so you, pro- you probably hate the fact that I don't care about the 1%, don't you? Does that bug you? No, no. But that's, <laughs> well, that's kind of what... If you can get it, I would get it. You know what I mean? But if you can't, then that's you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, no, I just like a wrap on the back of my my uh, my arrow. <laughs> yeah, wraps <laughs> are I, nice, especially for refletching. Well, and I mean, I haven't had any problem with killing anything either. You know, if I had, it might be different. But I'm, you know, with my system, I'm not crippled by a short draw length or low poundage. Totally different scenario there. I'll agree. But with with my system, it's not something I, you know, I personally worry about. So. You've got a lot of leeway. <laughs> so when guys call up with an 80-pound bow, I'm like, oh, we can, and a long draw. It's like, uh, we can do, you can get away with a ton of stuff. No, no, for, for sure. Well, where can uh, where can people uh, find you on uh, Insta, Google, TweetFace, and uh, your website? You know, Instagram, Valkyrie.Archery, V-A-L-K-Y-R-I-E, uh, Valkyrie.Archery, then, uh, and also ValkyrieArchery.com. That's our website online. Gotcha. And you, um, your job is Valkyrie, so you can take phone call. I mean, if you guys have questions, call Brent. Um, you yeah. just moved yeah, though, please. so you're a little behind. Is that correct? We just we're behind. Yeah. And if, if the guys out there that are waiting for their test kits, they're coming. <laughs> we had to move. We changed facilities. We had to move into town to be a little more efficient. Gotcha. So, um, they're coming out, but uh, no test kits. The way to go. And um, yeah, we'll answer any questions you have through email or uh, or calling on the phone. Gotcha. Well, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate you, um, you know, working with me. It's been a great, uh, you know, system. You haven't gotten totally pissed at me for testing a ton of different stuff. No, that's well. When I sent that stuff to you, I was like, just shoot it. If you like it, say what you like about it. If you don't like it, say what you don't like about it. Yeah. No. No. I and I mean, honestly, I haven't. There's, there's nothing I don't like about it at this point. Um, yeah. 
the uh, you know, the only thing is you are locked into your head, but I think you're, you know, you're working on that. Meaning if you wanted to shoot a big wide cutting diameter for a turkey or something, you're kind of screwed unless you do the glue on, but you do offer the center pin glue on. So, you know, check out the website. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot on there to look at. Yep. All right, Aaron. Well, appreciate it. And, um, yeah, we're, we're locked into that one head, but it's a pretty good one for big game. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, for it, now, I mean, I'm sure we'll have other heads coming out or other guys with the center pin system, uh, down the road. Yeah, no, it, it is a pretty epic system. And, um, again, it, it's worth, uh, you know, taking a look at it. Uh, it, it's made my life easier. It simplifies things. I don't have to worry about shit bending and falling apart. Uh, you know, it's been great. So I appreciate what you're doing, man. And definitely guys check it out, uh, the website and, and see what he's got to offer. So, all right, well, man, th- thanks for coming on and I'm sure we'll talk soon enough. All right, Eric. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yep.